Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. of Yarns from the Plain. If you're a new listener, welcome, and if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Really nice to have you again. It's been three weeks since our last podcast, but uh, I think when you find out what happened last weekend, I think you might forgive me. So, how are you all? Um, I'm definitely cheered by all those lovely, lovely people who contacted me after last uh, episode when I told you about Lily. Um, I particularly like to thank Patty B and Crystal Teachers, both of whom contacted me through Ravelry. Um, just, I mean, everybody was so lovely. Um, and I am, you know, I'm, I'm adjusting to life without her. Um, I do actually have another cat, if some of you remember. Um, Lily's daughter, Stella, uh, lives with us as well. It's just she's not terribly human-orientated. Um, but she's gradually sort of spending more and more time downstairs with us. She sort of went in self-imposed exile upstairs when Lil wasn't very well. And uh, it's, you know, we're coaxing her down, you know, by means of uh, starving her. No, no, I'm not. I'm not honest. I'm not. Um, but I just keep her a little bit keen because then, you know, she comes down and fusses around to ask for a bit of food when she's feeling a bit peckish. Uh, but she's never been as um, keen on being handled. You know, you pick her up and she goes very stiff. Um, she'll come on her lap, your lap occasionally. She's just not really a house cat. So, well, she is a house cat, obviously, because she's in the house. But um, she's not a very human, cuddly cat. So, um, But we're getting there and we're sort of adjusting to life without her, the pair of us and, and my husband as well. I'd also like to say hello to uh, Lady Yarns 745. Yes, that'll make her drop her stitches. There you go. Um, uh, a listener who, who left a message on the um, over on the Ravelry group um, asking where most people um, listened from. She wondered if she was the only American. Well, no, she's very obviously not. Looking at my download figures, I'd say vast majority of you live um, in North America somewhere, whether it's uh, in the USA or in Canada. Um, but maybe it's time to set up a listener's map. I might look if I can see and, you know, sort of get that sorted. Because it would be interesting to see where everybody comes from, wouldn't it? So, knitting. Well, not been much of it going on again for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's got to the end of term and that just means lots of making sure that the paperwork's up to date. And all that time when I was knitting earlier in the year and should have been doing stuff has come back to bite me in the bum. Um, so for the last two weeks didn't really do a great deal of knitting during the week at all so there's been no progress on the clapperty since I spoke to you last I don't think um, I've turned the bottom of the messenger bag the stripy Nara messenger bag and I've started up on the back but then put that down to one side um, a couple of weeks ago now I think and haven't picked that up um, I've done one row on the featherweight cardigan and that was simply so I could get the needle free because <laughs> I wanted to do for something else um, but I have, last weekend I did knit and I finished it off this week, my very own first designed hat. Um, let me explain. Last Saturday was the Woolly Wormhead Hat Design Workshop at Fibre and Clay and even though I was up to my eyeballs in it and I really shouldn't have given the day to it and I should have cancelled it, I just couldn't bear the thought of not going. Um, so I went and I had a lovely time and um, ended up starting a hat off which I finished off on Friday um, 
in Aracania, I think that's how you say it, Aeson. Um, so that is uh, merino, 70% uh, merino, 20% alpaca, 10% silk mix. So it's nice, but it's got a little bit of that fluff that you get from alpaca, that slight fuzziness, um, which may or may not work well with what I chose to do. Um, but the idea was we started the workshop, and this is kind of a, a review really as well, uh, as what's on the needles. We started the workshop by um, looking at a variety of woolies hats and sort of looking at three main types, which are berets uh, and tams, beanies um, or chulos, which are really beanies with ear flaps. And we looked at how the, a slouchy hat was really only a, a beret um, that was just a bit longer in the, the body before you started the decreases. And so we had a little play and we tried on a variety of hats and worked out which one suited us. And she sort of gave us tips on how to actually wear them, which was quite nice. Because I always think I make these hats and then look like a complete care in the community person. I made a couple of beanies before. And apart from um, the skater type beanie that I made for my husband with skull and crossbones on it which I nick occasionally which kind of looks comes down low over my eyes and makes me look like a real skater boy um the rest of them just make me look like Benny out of crossroads um just not not a good look you know I don't know why I keep trying to make bobble hatty type things because I just uh, I really do look like carrying the community in them I really do um anyway we we had a little look and we decided that the best style for me really is a slouchy beret um I always think it's sort of warm on the top of my head um but Woolly sort of showed me to put it down a bit and put it over my ears. Um, so it's low over my ears, completely covering my ears, and a bit lower on my forehead. And uh, that seemed to sort of do the trick. I think my hair's at that sort of in-between stage again, though. It could do with being either a bit longer or a bit shorter um, to suit them, but never mind. Anyway, that's what I decided to do. I was going to make some kind of slouchy beret. And I think um, one of the people on the the course made a very simple beret and she just used the colours in her variegated yarn to alter um, whether she was doing knits or pearls so she got quite a textured knit. Um, a few of the others were doing adaptations of one of Woolley's designs. Me, I don't know whether I'm being um, innovative, ambitious or foolhardy, uh, decided that I was going to do something based on a lace panel from one of the Harmony um, knit stitchneries. Um, so of course then I had to work out how to decrease down from that um, but Woolly gave me a, a hand with that and we talked about how to section it into sections and if you want a flat circular crown then decreasing in you know sort of six um, stitches a, a time works really well so sort of trying to base your stitch pattern around um, a repeating panel of six works very well or so you know it was quite it was really, really interesting, um, and I'm really pleased with my hat. It is actually ended up, although it, as is always the case, it fits, you know, perfectly well around your ears when it's on the needles and you keep popping it on. But then the moment you finished it, it seems to fall, fall a bit lower. So it's a teeny bit big, possibly at the bottom around the brim. Um, it's got a rolled stocking stitch brim, which um, is nice and, and it kind of softens the face really. And um, and then it's very slouchy um, with a a lane a. a a lace chain panel and then in the decreases it just comes down to sort of a row of um, parallel yarn overs coming down up to the to the crown which has got a little tiny star shape in it um, from where the decreases meet so I'm really pleased with it I took it into the shop again yesterday to uh, model it for Rihanna so 
Um, you know, I've got some photos taken, so I wish I'll sort of have it up. But if you get a chance um, to go on one of Woolies. Um, design workshops I would take it I really really would so kind of moving into the review section now um, how, how would I rate her as a teacher uh, very relaxed um, it's not at all prescribed um, which if you're a, possibly a beginner knitter you might find unsettling because she doesn't say right you need to do this 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 she says these are the options and you need to find what works for you for your design of your hat. So I'd say you probably need a little bit of knitting experience before um, you go there. Although saying that, I think Kate, who is on the course, has only been knitting for about three months. So and she's made a, a very respectable berry. So maybe not. Maybe it's, you know, that's just me. I think as a three month old knitter, I probably would have needed more guidance um, than she gave but what she did do was because we were doing our own designs she then came and worked with each of us individually to help us chart out um, what our decreases would look like um, where we'd space them whether we'd do one decrease um, for every uh, six sections on every row or whether we would do two every other row to to make them balanced and that really depends on whether you want your um, hat to develop a bias and a spiral round if you want it to develop a bias and a spiral round then you do um, decreases on every row but all in the same direction whereas if you want them balanced so that they come together in a nice um, sort of star shaped pattern on the top of them you need to do pairs of decreases um, opposite each other and um, make them balanced so you've got a knit two together on one side and a slip slip knit on the other side so that they you've got one um, right leaning and one left leaning decrease or you know possibly the other way around um, depending on your aesthetic so that was really really interesting so she spent quite a bit of time coming and looking at, at the design we'd chosen and giving us some tips um, you know also basic tips like you know, go down a needle size for the brim, which I know sounds really obvious, but you wouldn't necessarily think to do it if you're sitting there designed a design from scratch. Um, but she gave lots of tips for men, particularly because I was doing a lace pattern and no one else was really doing a lace pattern, on how to look for a point in the lace pattern where you can start your decreases to mirror them um, and sort of come in um, in a parallel line with them. So that was really, really helpful. Um, and the whole idea about sort of charting them out to see what it looks like first rather than trying to wing it. I mean, obviously people can wing it, but she said that, you know, sort of at least if you've got an idea of what it would, would look like if you've tried to, to, to chart it out, you'd do it. So I would say if you ever get an opportunity to do a workshop with Woolly Wormhead, do it. She's a lovely, lovely lady. Um, so nice, so patient really explains things carefully but lets you go off in your own direction in terms of the design um, idea and doesn't sort of hold it back going oh my god that's going to be so stupid don't even attempt to do it particularly not with that yarn you know she doesn't say that at all so she's really really good she is actually um, going to be in several upcoming um, events over the next few weeks which leads us very nicely into the next section upcoming events so 
let's see, starting with next weekend, well, next Thursday, Friday, uh, and Saturday, really, it's not next weekend, is it? It's next week. We have Knit Nation. This is um, based in London, at Imperial College, which is in South Kensington, for any of you who know London at all. It is um, a big knitting um, and spinning expo, really. That's how they've, they've termed it. Um, it's been organised by Alice from Softbus and Cookie A. So there's some really impressive tutors. There's a marketplace um, on the Friday and Saturday, um, including Jan. Uh, one of the, the sellers is Volmeiser from, I think that's how you say it, from Germany. Um, so I tell you what, it would be worth going <laughs> to the marketplace on the Friday just to see that, but I'm just not sure I can fit it in. Excuse me as I have a slip of coffee. Um, so we've there's a whole range of um, tutors there. So if we'll have a look and see, there are still some tickets available um, and still some um, classes available. Let's have a look and see what we've got. I'm trying to find my way through and I don't find this website particularly easy to uh, navigate. Um, so, let me see. Um, I think we've still got um, space. Yeah, we've still got space on quite a lot of these. Um, so, we've got um, Cookie A, which would be a brilliant one, wouldn't it? Um, Anne Hansen is there. Um, Judith Mackenzie McEwen. Um, Clara Parks, um, now who else, um, yeah there are some, f you can actually see when you go on the class schedule you can see which ones are sold out which is good, um, but there's quite a lot left that aren't sold out and it tells you, um, if it's there's very few spots left then it tells you um, who, you know how many spots there are, so some of these I'm looking at it says like three spots left. Um, so yeah, there's uh, there's sort of the wonders of wool, of UK wool is one, um, popular wheel mechanics, so you can sort of sort out how to get the best out of your spinning wheel, um, a whole range of, of things there. I think the, the, I think the prices are a little pricey compared to um, some of the other things that I've been to. Um, half day classes look as if they're um, Three-hour classes look as if they're retailing for £45, which is a little pricey compared to um, other places I've been. But there are some interesting-looking things there, including um, Cookie A doing a sock design class, which I would absolutely adore to go to. But um, because of my commitments on Saturday at the team show, um, I really need to be going up to the show round on a Friday night to make sure everything's set up with my mum. So there's no way that I can actually leave London at five and be um, back at you know half past four it just doesn't work like that does it so that's um next weekend that's knit nation um that is the 29th to the 31st of um july um and i'll put details in the the show notes it's uh, www.knitnation.uh oh i think it's .co.uk i've shut the window down now that was a bit clever wasn't it not um never mind anyway following fast on the heels of that 
is um, the UK knit camp at Stirling, which I am still inordinately excited about. Although, did you hear the howl of anguish this week emanating from Cheshire? You may have done. That was when I read the email that told me that Franklin was not going to be attending knit camp. So now none of the original tutors um, that I'd signed up for are going to be there. So, you know, I, I'd kind of coped with the other three, but working on the basis that never mind, Franklin was still going, Franklin was still going, Franklin was, oh no, Franklin's not going. So I'm still doing the photography um, work. I'm actually doing it with Mary Jane Mucklestone, um, who's done a lot of the photography in Interweave Knits. So it's still going to be a good course. Um, and I'm still looking forward to it. And there's lots of other things going on. There's a pub quiz. We've started a little yarns from the plane pub quiz team. So we've got three members at the minute. Woohoo! So, you know, if you are in Sterling and you haven't, you know, you are signed up to go to the pub quiz, but you haven't got anyone, uh, you know, any other team members, then, you know, the yarns from the plane team are really could do with you because there's only three of us. And, you know, I haven't completely reread the works of Elizabeth Zimmerman, which may be a good move. Um, I suspect there may be an Elizabeth Zimmerman round. But um, there are, again, I think, some um, spots available in some of the tutors and classes. It starts on the Monday the 9th um, of August in Stirling, goes through to Friday the 13th. And then we've got the Ravelry weekend starting on the Friday um, and finishing up right through with the party on the Saturday night. So there's a whole lot going on. Um, Stirling is going to be the place to be. Um, I'm merrily trying to take my, uh, charge my way through a bottle of vitamin B tablets at the moment, um, because lots of people are saying that, you know, uh, having increased your intake of vitamin B1 will reduce the instance of midge bite, um, or since the alternative to taking the vitamin B tablets would to smear myself with Marmite, I suspect that that might be quite uncomfortable and I'd get Marmite in my knitting. So, um, I'm trying to attempt to take the vitamin B tablets, but, um, because I'm so spaced out from having the end of term and my body now sort of slowly shutting down going you need to sleep you need to sleep um i i keep looking at the tablets and, and saying to my husband have I, have I had one today and then i say well uh, uh, do you, will it be a problem if i take a second one and then half an hour later i go did i take one when i spoke to you about it you know just so i hope you can't o od on vitamin b1 because uh, you know or any of the b vitamins because uh Otherwise, you know, I there are there may well be some days that I'm taking two or three because I can't remember whether I've taken one or not, which I know is really si silly. It's you know the bottle's right by the kettle, so it should be come down, make coffee, have between B tablet. But you see, I can't even remember now whether I've had one or not. How silly is that? I think I have. Fairly sure I have. Uh, see, losing it, losing it. Anyway, that's the UK knit knit camp, which is in two weeks time i'm so excited now i'll tell you now that i am taking my voice recorder up there but i'm not convinced i'm going to get a great deal of audio because i'm going to be too busy enjoying the classes and doing the classes to have the the um voice recorder out i found that last week i had it with me and i just didn't get it out for the woolly wormhead um slot it's just it just wasn't gonna happen because to do that then you're not paying attention on the knitting and that's the whole point of going isn't it the whole point of going is to actually learn something so um so i'm going to take my voice recorder with me and we'll see what we can do but please don't expect in-depth interviews from the people that i'm um you know sort of doing classes with so that's august so we've done july and we've done august right coming up in september is the i knit weekender this one's based in london again at um the royal 
horticultural um, halls, which I think is in Victoria. It's definitely very close to um, Victoria Station, so I think it's still in the area of London, referred to as Victoria. It's um, on Friday the 10th and Saturday the 11th of September. And the breaking news that I had last week, although it may not have been breaking news to anybody else, it would be breaking news to me, um, is that Alice Starmore is going again. And she's going to do um, some workshops on Celtic knots. So I'm now quite torn... Um, because I wasn't going to go. I've tried. I've had tickets for all three of the existing ones. Um, the first one in 2007. Uh, Lil was very ill with uh, a water infection. So I didn't go. Then 2008 I went. And we saw the yarn harlot and it was brilliant. Um, but I had a bit of a doozy moment and was leaving purse and credit credit cards or credit cards in oh, I left a credit card in a foreign language bookshop <laughs> in just off Oxford Street and then uh, didn't discover that until I was trying to buy some yarn at Octopus and then in the stress of trying to find out where I'd left my card, managed to leave my entire purse at Octopus. Um so you know when you're just having one of those days, it was obviously just one of those days. Um and then I had to use last year to go, and my cousin's um, baby's christening ended up being on the Saturday they couldn't get when they wanted, and the only day they could do was the Saturday because the Catholic priests in uh, Nottingham have are trying to cover so many different parishes that they can't fit in christenings on a Sunday. So, you know, it was it was. I thought, well, I've got to go. You know, I can't not go. It's family, isn't it? So I wasn't necessarily going to go because it, it seems every time I try and go to the eye, it's something, or most times something crops up. But I'm quite tempted because I had tickets for the Alice Starmore Inspiration Talks last year and Naomi said that it was really interesting. Um, but obviously I didn't go. So, you know, I'm just I'm toying with that one. Um, but again, lots of different workshops. Woolly's at that one as well. So Woolly Wormhead's at Knit Nation. She's at UK Knit Camp in Stirling and she's at the Eye Knit Weekender. Um... So there's an awful lot of um, wooliness going on. Um, so that's September. So again, there tends to be a you know big marketplace, and um, there has been fashion shows in the past, and workshops on the Friday and the Saturday. And then finally, in October, here's something new that I discovered on an ad on Ravelry: Fiber Flurry 2010. Now I've had a little look on the uh, website for this, and there's not a great deal up there at the moment. The workshop schedule's not up there. Um, and neither is a list of exhibitors, but looks really interesting. So, reading from the website here, it says, Fibre Flurry will be a collection of the best products to buy and workshops from some of the best tutors in the fibre industry. So it's not so much about knitting, it's about fibre, looks like. With workshops and over 20 fibre-related stores with goodies from independent dyers and spinners across the country, the day will be one to remember. There are also workshops for children so you can browse the stalls at leisure whilst they're kept entertained making felted bugs and other wonderful creatures. Um, it's taking place at St Nicholas Hall, I think it is, um, which is in Kings Norton in Birmingham. Now they're actually in, it's a, an old grammar school, a 15th century grammar school that's been restored and it does look fabulous. It's on the 30th of October. Um, from 10 in the morning till 5 in the evening. Um, I haven't actually checked to see that that's actually um, 
a Saturday, I'm assuming it is. Um, let me have a look and see. Um, Yeah, Saturday the 30th of October. So um, that looks really interesting. It's just £5 um, to get in. Um, but obviously I'm, I'm guessing the workshops are going to be on top of that as well. Um, but there's no details yet released um, as to what the those are going to be. Um, but it, it looks really interesting. And again, it's sort of... I'm really, really, really liking the fact that there's been a real push over this last 18 months or so to look for alternatives to the big um, stitching show type things that you get at Alexandra Palace and you get at Harrogate and you get at um, Birmingham NEC and at the GMAX in Manchester. They're not... They're, they're good, but they are form... You know, it's it's like a cattle market and it's... You don't get much chance to. There are indies. There's, there's, there is indie stuff there. Of course, there's indie stuff there, but there's not that small, nice indie feel. Um, though, so there's obviously a, a real push for that. So I'm really impressed with that. I like that that idea. So I'm quite looking forward to that. I may. I can't remember if that's the weekend at the end of half term or the weekend after it. I suspect it may be the weekend after it. So I, I may have to just go down to Birmingham. So that would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? Anyway, that's going to bring us now to um, my final section, um, which is the return of something I really like. Now, this is the bit where I have to admit to um, admit to another anorak moment. <gasps> you know, um, socks and sandals and a big furry beard, that kind of thing. I I like folk music. Where you? I said it. I said it loudly. I said it out loud and nothing has actually hit me on the head. Um, I grew up um, in a town not very far from the site of the Towersy Festival, which is one of the best small folk festivals in Britain. It's really, really good. And we used to go every weekend. It's on the August Bank Holiday weekend. And we used to go just for the day tickets. So we never saw any of the stuff in the evening. Um, so we only saw the arena shows, which are little taster bits um, of Morris dancing displays and... Um, world music things and uh, you know things like that but I grew up with um, someone who did listen my dad did listen to folk music particularly um, the music of Cyril Tawney who was um, who had been in the Navy and at the time of his death in 2005 had been a professional folk singer for 45 years which at that time was the longest ever professional folk singer there had been in, in Britain um, so my, I kind of grew up on a diet of that and you know when you're a teenager and trying to be a new romantic you know you're just like oh god folk music oh, oh. but for some reason uh, a group of us decided to actually go and stay at the festival um, and camp there when we were about 1920 and I had such a laugh it was brilliant really really enjoyed it um loved all the folk dancing um, that you could do the social dancing we put l plates on when we were trying to learn cajun dancing because we were so bad um and we just had a, a brilliant time um went back the following year 21 when i was working but it was a bit more difficult because i was working in cumbria so that was like 300 miles away so i think i only managed one night down there that time um and and you know we kind of lost the festival sense a bit of it really um 
but then all the way through the 90s I just didn't think at all about folk music it just wasn't something that was I was interested in I didn't think you know I was going through my Britpop moments you know first indie then Britpop and all that kind of stuff and then I just I kept catching little bits of the folk awards on radio 2 or a little bit of Mike Harding and I think oh Hmm, you know, it's it's kind of appealing to me. And and then eight years ago, um, some friends suggested that we went to the Cambridge Folk Festival with them. Um, I have to say my husband didn't I think he enjoyed the beer bit of it, but I don't think he enjoyed particularly the rest of it. Um, but I just fell in love with it again and I fell in love with folk music again and the just the purity of singing, unaccompanied singing and um you know, good musicianship, really. Loved it, absolutely loved it. So I sort of then began to sort of research around and I got some traditional stuff because I'd had some traditional stuff anyway, some steel ice band and stuff like that. But I began to sort of look at, at younger folk artists um, and, you know, what was around on the modern folk scene. Um, so I got into stuff like Eliza Carthy, um, Jim Murray, Seth Lakeman, um, Jim Causley, um Kareem Polwart, so a whole range of um, modern folk and roots musicians, and just really, really enjoyed them. Um, a band that I would dearly love to see and have not seen yet is Bellowhead, but they are supposed to be the best band to see in Britain, full stop. They're just an amazing um, night. Which brings me really nicely around to this, what something I really like, because the one of the members of Bellowhead, John Bowden, also does um, duo work with um, uh, in Spears and Bowden, and he's got a, a lovely voice. He's actually younger than me, and in June um, he set up um, a project called A Folk Song a Day, which is um, a podcast where he's releasing an a new folk song every day. Not new, as in brand new, written. Some of them are traditional. Some of them are. Uh, more modern songs in the traditional style. So he has recorded um, one of Cyril Tawney's um, songs, Sally Free and Easy. And every day you can download a new one. The idea is that at the end of the year, or at the end of each month, um, the month's issues will be collated into a digital album. So there'll be 12 digital albums out. Then. But his aim is to try and raise the profile of unaccompanied singing again. Um, if you look at modern folk artists albums there's very few examples of unaccompanied solo singing on them um, and of course the folk music tradition has its basis in social singing um, that singing that sort of happens after you know sort of as we get towards the end of the night in the pub now I've not experienced that since I left Cumbria um, partly because I don't really go down the pub much anymore but it, it was not something that particularly I found in cities um, but I did find in Cumbria, and so whenever we'd go on a residential cough, as the evening wore on, someone would always start singing. So you'd go through um, all of the old favourites, you know, Wild Rover, Soldier, Soldier, Seven Drunken Nights from, you know, the Dubliners, um, as I went out one morning, and um, just a real nice range. So what I thought I'd do is I'd finish, um, I tried to find out a way to contact John and ask if it was alright to do this, but then I worked on the basis that he's releasing them into the public domain anyway. Um, so therefore, provided I give him a credit, um, I'm sure that it won't be a problem. So I'm going to see if I can tag on um, the very first one that he put on, because it's just, I really, really enjoyed it. 
if you're not into folk music, you're probably going to want to switch off. But, you know, if you've never listened to it before, give it a try. So, thanks again for listening. Um, you can contact me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com. Leave a message on the show notes at yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com or PM me over in Ravelry where I am Tales from the Plane. It's been lovely talking to you again and I'll leave you now with John Bowden. Bye. It was pleasant and delightful on a midsummer's morn And the fields and the meadows were all covered in corn And the songbirds and the thrushes sang on every green spray And the larks, they sang melodious At the dawning of the day And the larks, they sang melodious And the larks, they sang melodious And the larks, they sang melodious At the dawning of the day Well, a sailor and his true love were walking one day Said the sailor to his true love, I am bound far away. I am bound for the East Indies, where the loud cannon roar. I am bound to leave you, Nancy. You're the girl that I adore. I am bound to leave you, Nancy. I am bound to leave you, Nancy. I am bound to leave you, Nancy. You're the girl that I adore. Well, the ring from off her finger she instantly drew. She said, take this, dearest William, and my heart it goes to. And as they were embracing, tears from her eyes fell. Saying, may I go along with you? Oh, no, my love, farewell. Saying, may I go along with you? Saying, may I go along with you? Saying, may I go along with you? Oh, no, my love, farewell. Well, the wind is in the rigging and the anchor's away, 
And the ship she will be sailing at the dawning of the day. And the current is rising on a fast-flowing tide. And if ever I return again, I will make you my bride. And if ever I return again, and if ever I return again, and if ever I return again, I will make you my bride. You've been listening to A Folk Song A Day with me, John Bowden.